jazz age living. Old fashioned simple, pizzazz ain't missing. Got the fat cats kissing the top. Bring the old age back. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 42 of the Sunday Punch Podcast. Sean, good to be back. Good morning, Patriot. How you doing? Yes. Good to see um, you. We are recording this earlier in the week, but uh, happy 4th of July. Happy 4th. that's when we'll be uh, releasing it, 4th of July weekend. So I want to start off immediately with, well, let's just start off. I breathe way too much into the mic itself. Oh, you've been doing some self-checks. I have been doing some self-checks, and it sounds like there's some sort of like French bulldog that's next to you the entire time. Right. Just, just huffing and puffing. I'm going to try and stop doing that. But anyways, start off with a little personal life story of mine. Sean, I was in the elevator a couple <laughs> days ago, and I forgot to mention this on the last cast. And a guy with his wife and her friend were on the elevator, and I was going back up from the gym. Age group? They were older, like 50s. 50s. And the guy says to his wife, mm. and just the general area. The whole elevator. Yeah. Hmm. This is a good elevator. It goes up like 35 floors in under a minute. Huh. And I don't know why, but as soon as he finished that, and his wife was like nodding and her friend, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> just wanna... you are, you should kill yourself. Don't you just wanna... you, Like, it sickened me that there was a human being out there that found that interesting. Right. So interesting that he had to bring it up on the elevator with us on it. I, I would add to this, first of all, yes. Strange. Thank God, because I texted some other people. No, they're normals. They're normies. Normies selling ether. And they're like, "Oh, I didn't. I don't see a big deal." No, no. Here's How, okay. Not only should you see a, a a deal with it, it should be a big deal <laughs> that you don't find it disturbing. It in, ruined my night. In, in, initial takes here. I mean, first of all. He found it interesting, which we can unpack that in a moment. But second of all, his tone, and I'm not joking, huh? he wasn't saying it to pass the time. He thought it was an interesting statement. He was he was caught by this information. Yes. Second of all, you know, when, when you're thinking of things that you might find interesting, you, you got to think about your audience. This individual was so wowed that he felt this is public forum. Right. Anybody in the elevator is probably likewise wowed. Yeah. And therefore, I'm, I, who, who would not think this is so incredible? And therefore, I feel safe to share it, which brings up other questions about when's the last time that guy had in, like, what, what else wows that guy? Huh? No, 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 no. Mangoes. <laughs> I think it's, you, dude, it's even going over you because you're not, you're not breaking it down like I did. Go back in time. This guy had to meet that woman at some point in his life. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But cast him back. Then he had to convince her that he was interesting enough to marry. Oh, man. A guy like that who says something like that, which then makes me think that she's one of these women 
that just is like, fuck it. <laughs> You're and peeling back the onion. She's just like, fuck it, dude. I'll I'll get with you <laughs> because I've hit a point in my life where I have to get with the elevator is cool guy. <laughs> who do you think she had to pass up? Who did, who did she have to she weave through passed, to get to that guy? By the way, she probably passed up. Broccoli's cool guy. There's probably, no. There's Brussels probably, sprouts are interesting. <laughs> hey, that's a dog. Wouldn't you know it? Seen those a few billion times, but she's like, you know who's really gonna shake me timbers? It's hey, elevator guy. Hey, hey, there's a dog. Um, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Like, what boring guys? I meant like she was so broken down by douchebags in the past Ooh. that she was like, "Look, I know he's not that interesting. <laughs> I don't get." very passionate when i'm with him but he'll have a house we'll have some kids basic needs i'm not gonna like have some like passionate like crazy movie experience count me out this is my life and i've accepted it (laughs) and that depressed me even more so because then i i stopped thinking about elevator guy (laughs) now i'm thinking about her Growing up as a kid thinking, my life's going to yes. be great. Yes, I'm going to have choices. But it wasn't. <laughs> you fast forward 45 years and she's with Time elevator out. guy that is on top of her putting in lame pumps. I'm sorry. I had to start faster, off this episode like faster this. Faster than elevator might go 35 floors. My question is, you had a chance to look at this, this couple yeah. and their friend. Right. What can we deduce about, about her? Did Which she, one, the friend? Let's start with the wife. Did she okay. have agency in her decision? Do you think she had choices? Yes, yes. You think so? Yes. When okay. she was younger, she, okay. she looked like a standard UF Tierleone. girl that, that all of our buddies have gotten with and married. Yes. <laughs> all of our buddies. <laughs> but like, you know, all of our buddies are really cool guys. Right. So that girl at that point in time should have made the decision to get with our cool buddies. Instead, yes. something went wrong and she ended up with elevator guy unless, and I'm going to throw you for on a loop here, Money. does Travis just turn into <laughs> elevator guy at some point in time? Erica, you've been bored. <laughs> well, I, it, it makes me wonder, like, did she get to a point where she goes, oh man, like, I missed my last eight exits that would have got me where I wanted to go. No, and there's only one exit left on this highway. Exactly what and that's where you were. And that's she's exactly like, it's better than being on the highway the rest of her life is it well that well this is not for us to answer well, maybe <laughs> but it's not for, for us, a woman it's for us to bring up i'd rather be in a dark cave yes licking the walls trying to <laughs> hydrate myself than be with elevator woman let's, let's go my way blind like the white salamanders <laughs> looking yeah. for light i'd rather be in the descent dude you remember that movie <laughs> that's a great yeah. movie blind alien underground than have to deal with Let's let's move on from elevator, right? Uh, oh oh, what do you what do you want to get for dinner tonight? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, I had Wonder Chinese, Bread. Okay, I had, Chinese, <laughs> I had Chinese for lunch. Let's put some mayo on the Wonder uh, Bread. Oh oh, what what are the kids doing? Oh oh, she's got a soccer practice <laughs> on Monday. Well, I, I got something to do Monday. Can you pick her? Like that's your life forever. I guess I'll cancel with the girls. <laughs> Go pick up soccer, kid. You know what it makes me think of? Yeah. Um, I think you and I would agree that. 
one of the best all-time series ever produced is, is Seinfeld, amongst mm-hmm. some other some other highlights, um, is Kramer discussing with Jerry the idea of marrying someone. Right. And they come in, they sit down. Well, how was your day? Well, it was good. How was your day? Just stare across the table from <laughs> right. each other. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. They that that's it. But that's like best case scenario. If you like someone after thirty years, you got you're gonna have nothing to talk about, right? So maybe they've already had their fun. They've talked about everything. I was trying. We're to, forty-two episodes in, and we've barely scratched. I'm the surface. trying to save it. I'm hoping that's not how he always was. But that's who he is now. What time of maybe day with this? he was cool back in the day. Maybe he was like Travis. At time one point. of day. What does that matter? <laughs> well, let's say it's it's early in the morning, and this is his like no. post post coffee no, concept. No, 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 no. This is four thirty, dude. Right before happy hour. Yeah, he's got no excuse, no leg to stand on. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just wanted to bring it up because it made me physically ill, and I have. This is yeah. why I started this podcast yeah. as therapy. I needed to get it out. I just don't. I'm. I'm afraid. On one hand, of becoming of this becoming guy. that guy. <laughs> right. That's right. what I was really worried about. But in my fear of becoming that guy, will I? Or no, no, no. Here we go. I'm, yes. I'm afraid of becoming. I know that you're guy, going right? this way. On the other side, it's like, well, I don't want to settle. What's right? the counterfactual? So right. what's the cat? Exactly. Has has have I missed my opportunities, dude? Come on. Do I, well, no, obviously <laughs> not. Obviously not. Obviously not. <laughs> but like, if I was a female, it's just not fair. What I'm saying is, it's not the Sunday Bunch podcast <laughs> supports the woman's plight, and it's not fair. It's not that it's, she has to end up with elevator guy. We haven't even looped in biology yet. That's a whole. We, we th- we'll do an episode on right. it, ladies. We'll do an episode on it. Okay. I I think you're right. There there are there are choices. There are on ramps. There are off ramps. Without getting too into the weeds, I, I do want to say just one more thing about the situation, which is there's someone for everyone. Sure. Let's move on. <laughs> We're ten minutes into this. It's too much. Wait. Before we go on, I, I have to give one more thing. This, yeah. this is this is important. Uh, July fourth is the birthday of a fan. Someone who's been on our show as a guest, oh. the one and only Matt Jones. Oh, yes. Of Shout course. out. Happy birthday of down course. in Houston, Texas. Yes. To you, your new son, Conrad. Right. And to the lovely Mrs. Jones, Sarah. And he just wrote us a great review on uh, Apple Podcasts. Did he? It hasn't posted yet. It takes 48 <laughs> hours, but he texted me last night. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Cheers to, uh, cheers to you, Matt Jones. Jones. There cheers you go. You. All right. Moving on. You ready to get into it? Kind of. Let me let me make a <laughs> sprinkle off this. It's not the same thing. Go off, King. I'm going to pour a little more of this uh, Americano. Okay. okay. And uh, well, listen to my you know rant, and then you can come back and respond. And then we'll let's get into some NBA stuff Kick that it. I want to. In the same token, right? Then you have me going out on a date with a younger girl, right? So I'm the I have I might be the douchebag that I'm talking about that ruined this woman's life. So then I'm telling someone that I went out with this girl and you see their face is like, oh, 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 how old is she? It's like, shut the fuck up. Why were they concerned about the you age? You are only making that statement because you don't have the opportunity to do so. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. And by the way. Not every young girl is the same. I'm not going to say the age because it doesn't matter doesn't what matter. the age is. Well, it, it does No, after it, a point. No, it, <laughs> no, does, it does after a point. 18 and up, doesn't matter. So, <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. That's the point. Well, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Not <laughs> saving illegally, you, brother. I'm saving you, brother. Illegally, 
not illegally, but like 18 and up, doesn't matter, right? So then the, the look on the face was like, hey, I just licked the sidewalk. <laughs> How do you feel about that? It's like, here's a perfect example. Ryan Tickle, and I hope they're listening, used to say to me, I don't know how you do it, bro. (laughs) Ugh, 21-year-olds? Oh, they're all over the place. No, I would never, ever date a 21-year-old. What did Tickle do? Guess what happens? Opportunity (laughs) presents itself. Now he's married to one. Exactly. So shut up. <laughs> Don't tell That's me. That's what like, I felt like saying. But I have to act like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know her like I do, man. Societal standards, right? Exactly. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess you're right. You have a point. No, you have no point. You can't get with them. It's, That's why you have a problem. It, it, it definitely feeds better into people's sense of the world and their sense of place in the world where their playbook still fits into what other people might do. And when you're marching to the beat of a different drum and or using a different playbook and coming out winning tiger blood, <laughs> winning, <laughs> oh, wow, great reference. then they look and they go, well, if, if I accept this, if I accept this premise as possible it exists, I have to reevaluate in the retroscope all of my decisions. And now I still have to look at my <laughs> old wife. <laughs> Anyways, talking about great pairings. Let's get into I'm it. I'm moving on. I'm, man, we really started this one off. I didn't expect this coming here, to be honest. I didn't expect to get so worked up over Elevator Guy and the young girl. That's what but, happens here on Sunday Punch Productions. So let's bring it back down and talk about Something much more. Another match, if you will. Another match made in heaven. <sighs> All right, let me calm down. Drink your medicine. Jason Kidd pairing How's- up with Luka Doncic in Dallas. I have my own thoughts. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I do. I, I th- think that you know. First of all, let's let, let's broaden the optics on this. Mm-hmm. Dallas has realized that. They have a perennial talent in Luka Doncic. They, they didn't need us to tell them that. We right. do, but they didn't need us to. And they have realized that superstars now have a lot of agency. I've used that word twice now. In their decisions where they play, where they go. Yeah. And therefore, they need to really signal here, not virtue signal, but institutionally signal that they are ready to pull out all the stops yeah. for him to succeed there with them now. And so they've made a couple moves, one of which is the coach, and we'll dive into that next. But this is part of a broader playbook to show Luca he doesn't need to go anywhere else. We're going to bring in anyone we can to get you to a championship and get you a chance to win it. Yes. And actually, actually, that's a great point because you said, you know, making the right choice. Mm -hmm. Dude. So this is the note I wrote down. The burden of building around a genuine top-shelf superstar is the pressure to get every decision right. Every one. Okay. So that's the foundation going into this. Of this I mean, concept. Let's, 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 okay, let's be honest. If the Pacers hire the wrong coach, no one gives a fuck. They can fire him, which they didn't. Actually, the Pacers got Rick Carlisle. Yep. But let's move on. Let's move on. If the Thunder have a quiet offseason, no one cares. Thunder who? Right. Oh, do do we have 4,000 draft picks? Okay, moving on. (laughs) But if the Mavericks botch or misuse their power, then there's no going back because you have Doncic, which is as close to Michael Jordan as we've seen. 
and they won't get another shot. I mean, th- these guys don't grow on trees. They're going to have a huge gap between their next shot at a Doncic, between even the talent development, the scouting correctly, and then having the draft pick in the right order, let alone a trade for it. So you have to get everything right. So the question that becomes is, in this offseason where they have to get everything right, mm-hmm. did they get Jason Kidd right? See, and now, now, we, now we're building up, right? And so who do the Mavericks got around, right? They got Dirk Nowinski. They got Michael Finley mm-hmm. in the front office. Mm-hmm. And so now you bring in Jason Kidd. Oh, by the way, let's back up. Let's back up. They hire, I love the hire of the GM. The Nike exec, what's his name? Nico? Nico Harrison? Yeah. Or I think it's just Nico Harris. But an out-of-the-box thinker. He's used to the business of Nike. He knows the players. He has relationships, right? That is a nice fit. It's kind of an out-of-the-box, hey, you know what? We're going to try something different here. Yes. Then you follow that decision up. A great abstract painting you follow up with (laughs) paint by numbers. (laughs) You got Dirk Nowinski and Michael Finley inviting their old buddy to the party. Their old pal. (laughs) Yeah, to the party. It doesn't work. When you hire your friends, it sounds like a good idea at the time, right? But then if they ever do anything wrong, the anger is like multiplied by 10. Yeah. Right? And and it's it's interesting. So I'm I'm sampling on the dependent variable here a lot, which is which is success stories. But you look at other sort of agents moved into executive leadership who then moved into uh, GM, president of operations roles. And you look at it, some some good names here. I mean, Rob Palenka, Arne Tellum, Justin Zanuck, you're looking at Bob Myers for Golden State. And you got people that are, that are having institutional success when they do that because I think they appreciate the intangibles. Who's there? What are we signaling to our players? What contracts are we negotiating? Who is kind of building up this this franchise Mm -hmm. and for now and years to come. And then you make a move like Jason Kidd. And I, I don't know that it's a, I don't, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's the, it's a bad move, but I worry it's the wrong move for Dallas. Especially after you do such a, a, a out of the box move Yeah, to hire your old buddy who you won a championship with in Mm -hmm. 2011 basically is what happened here. Right. What has Jason Kidd done by the way? to deserve a head coaching position because Jason Kidd was Damian Lillard's guy in Portland. Exactly. He was supposed to go to Portland. Exactly. Then backed out. Now we know why to get the Dallas job. Why does Jason Kidd who's failed everywhere and bamboozled franchises. <laughs> no, like literally dude, like he's telling well, dude, when he was in Milwaukee, he was trying to form a coup against ownership. Oh, and yeah. he was trying to get above uh, the current GM, keep the GM on staff, but like under Jason Kidd's power. What has this guy done to, to be able to garner offers from the trailblazers with Damian Lillard? And now the Dallas Mavericks with, let's just say it, the best player in the game right now. Mm-hmm. Why does Jason Kidd, and the answer comes back to relationships. Yes. Comes back to Dirk Nowinski's buddies with him. Michael Finley's buddies with him. And 
Now let's get into the real problematic shit, okay? Dallas had sexual harassment allegations levied against them. As a franchise. As a franchise. As a rampant problem throughout the franchise. They had to get rid of this guy because he was doing such heinous shit, which I won't repeat. So now you bring in Jason Kidd, who has a history of sexual violence. It's it's pled guilty to it. Again here the the, the optics here are, are all wrong. He pled guilty to it. We have the court documents to show he's saying that he is admitting fault for these things. And it's 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 really a shame because you, you we have so much about how these franchises are trying to go the right way and be more aware of these things, be less of a boys club where they're doing these kinds of things. And then you bring on someone that anybody who has any knowledge of this history kind of looks at and goes, "Excuse me?" What's going on here? Right. And I think to your point, it comes back to sort of a cronyism and nepotism within the, not nepotism, but a cronyism within the institution. And you got to wonder, like, what is Jason Kidd telling these franchises in interviews that he's going to do change, shake up that they haven't heard or thought of before? It's, it's got to be something so radical that Mark Cuban goes, well, I guess that makes sense. N- n- not for Mark Cuban. He's I'm got, not actually, he's got to sign off on I'm this. not actually, I know that, but I, I don't think it, like Mark Cuban, I think is covered. He likes Jason Kidd. He's on the team. He's he won a championship. Mark Cuban remembers that. He's too close. Why, he can't what's be he objective. Saying to Portland. Yeah, yeah. Portland doesn't have any relationship with Jason Kidd. Right. So why does Damon? Well, here's the constant. Look, they the Mavericks got Luka Doncic. Uh, Portland has Damian Lillard. So they think, oh, a point guard, right? He can reach the point guard. It's like. Portland, like, what, what more is Damian Lillard going to do? Right. I mean, he's doing everything right. already. Right. And so then you combine him with Luca. Luca is, we just covered this in one of our last episodes. Luca is a diva. Right. I mean, that's what he is. Let's be honest. He's a 22 year old, so let's give him some leeway. But he's yelling at Rick Carlisle, which becomes a regular thing Problem. throughout the season. Problem. And then you got Jason Kidd, who's doing the same shit with Rick Carlisle when Jason Kidd was a player. By the way, I've gone back and I, I was looking at some more stuff after that episode, uh, looking at Luca, and he's I'm I'm on, I'm on the diva train, full diva, hundred percent. And and that's and by the way, that's fine. Yeah, because you can back it up. You're not like a goofball who's being a diva, but I think. As in, as a franchise, they have to realize, like, this is the personality we're dealing with. And therefore, how do we create a group around him that allows him to, yes, be a diva, but empower him to also keep scoring, keep playing defense, stay on the court, not strain his neck. And I, I mean, Jason Kidd. (laughs) I I, I just, it baffles me other than we like him. He played here. He won a championship. Do you think optics wise, sexual, the sexual uh, scandal? I mean, okay, so, dude. Quote I don't it. want to harp on this because I kind of like to give guys second chances, but I mean, you read the story. Mm-hmm. It's pretty bad. It's not. It's there's there's not a lot of latitude for he said, she said, you know, discrepancies, you know, fog of war sort of thing within that relationship. I, I mean, there are there are very clear timestamps, actions, activities that show. Be, Bad behavior, um, immoral behavior, um, and quite frankly, like just 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 dirty behavior. Andy's Andy's a blamer. He's a blamer. He blames people. When he was in Milwaukee, uh, 
he commented on the youth of the roster. He said, I think when, uh, you, you know, become 20, when you uh, become 25 or, you know, in the 28 range, whenever you start bringing that up in a sentence, like, you're like, I want to say something bad, but let me sprinkle in some you knows so that therefore it sounds like I'm not actually shitting on my team. Right. It's like I'm, I'm recruiting you to my same kind of thought process here. I, I do worry that that Dallas actually. Oh, go, let, me, let me finish the quote and then and then face. Oh, sorry. Quote. We're talking about kids that are thinking about trying to put the ball in the basket. The following season, they won 60 games without you. <laughs> so those same kids without you at the head won 60 games with Margaritaville <laughs> coach Bud dude so i don't get what this like like what is who was about to get fi- coach bud was about to get fired this year if the nets beat him so he's below coach bud right. because at least coach bud could get them to that right. level He's blaming the team. Do you? Yeah, which you should never do in a leadership position. How do we empower the team? How do right. we rally the team? You say How one bad thing and things? blame Luca. I'm going to tell you what they're in a, a bad situation in Dallas. And and you know that when people when people get into duress, what do they do? They fall back onto a playbook they know. And right. that, I think that that is my worry as to what's going to happen. I, I do think there's an element here of the Dallas Mavericks had to signal to Luca and had to signal to their fan base and had to signal to ownership that we're going to make moves, we're going to make them big, we're going to do them now. And I worry that in that process, they had a more of a knee-jerk reaction to a known entity instead of thinking very carefully about what's the pairing personality-wise with our culture? What are we trying to show our fan base and trying to do from a sort of damage control issue around the sexual mm-hmm. harassment item? Uh, and so they went with a known entity. And there must have been some point where they sat down with Jason Kidd and said something to the effect of like, hey, by the way, like we've had sexual harassment trials. Like, yeah. you're cool, right? <laughs> you're good, right? <laughs> I don't know what that looked yeah. like. Yeah, the past is the past, man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the entire thing is rooted in like 2011 nostalgia. And uh, let me be the first to tell you, Sean. <coughs> I'm ready. Chasing nostalgia never works. Take it from a guy who does <laughs> it all the time. Okay? It'll just lead you to a very dark spiral. It's like drinking water. That wa- you're seeing right now. <laughs> it's like drinking water and ending up thirstier. <laughs> it's exactly like that. So I think that we cover Jason Kidd. I don't, I don't think it's good. I think it's going to implode, and I think Luca forces his way out of Dallas because of this. It, it gives, eventually, it gives him a for a diva. It gives him somewhere to point the finger. Yeah, and I, I think that if you're if he's think I don't know what he's thinking, but if he's thinking long term about Mavs or elsewhere, it gives him a chance to say, well, either things go well, or I can point to something. And as a diva, I think that's actually a very powerful and useful position to be in. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. I do want to say one thing, one quick thing for the NBA. Let's stick here. Two things, actually. I want to ask you about two things. I watched the Clippers and I'm going to be careful not to date this, but the Clippers, we've been watching the Clippers in the playoffs, right? Do you think if the Clippers had Kawhi Leonard just from watching these games, I feel like the Clippers win this easily now. What they've done without Kawhi 
And looking at the cumulative stat marks as far as how they perform, both from a player efficiency rating, overall plus minuses between their players, and then overall points scored with Kawhi versus without, I think they take it. I mean, dude, <clears throat> they're in a dogfight of an 84-80 game, which, by the way, this season, no team has won with a score of 84 yeah. this entire season. <laughs> right. So Wild. You got to think Kawhi is getting them that game. And I, who knows how it shakes out. Clippers may still win. But I just think watching this, I'm like, I think Clippers are better. They have more ways yes. to beat you. Yes. I, I think that when, when you look at these things, I do think there's an element of teams that are favored will play harder the deeper they get into playoffs, whereas teams that are underdogs will play hard throughout. And mm-hmm. I think that Clippers were, were a favorite, they, I mean, for obvious reasons. They've been playing at I think, the beginning. At the beginning, yeah. I think been playing not not of the series at the not beginning the series, of the, not the series, the playoffs, even the playoffs. Right. They've been playing, I think, progressively harder from an individual standpoint. I do believe that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, and I don't know how Phoenix would do it if Kawhi was on the court. Right. I really don't. I, I don't think that they would have just the firepower defensively to kind of shore up the places where PG three is getting through right now, uh, where the other shooting guards are getting through right now, Jackson, you know what he's doing baller. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Reggie Jackson is like basically evolved into these playoffs. I don't watch him enough, but I feel like I don't want to overstate. I was about to say Kyrie Irving, but that I realize now that's an insane thing to (laughs) say. That's crazy. All right. Look, he has evolved into let's, let's say Kemba Walker regular season. Okay. I'll pair that. He can score. And he's not afraid. He has to be guarded. He has to be considered every time they come down the court. And I yeah. think I, th- I think that's I think that's in Phoenix's mind. It's in their calculus. Every time they come down the court, where's PG? Where's Reggie Jackson? Right. And, and then from there, they kind of figure everything else out. But he is kind of their number two guy. I feel mm-hmm. like at least from the perimeter. Yeah. Is this going to be like one of those? I mean, like last season. I mean, we've had two <laughs> weird seasons here, right? Yeah. Is this just going to be another one of those championships where you're like, uh, oh, the 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 Bucks won? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I hope like, not. I, I realize like winning a championship, no matter what, how it had, like you got to play who's in front of you, right? Sure. So it's like, yeah, win a championship, you won a championship. But it's like, I don't think any of these te- they're not going to go on some multi-year run or or even maybe even win another one. I just don't see it. I agree. You know, in episode 41, we broke down like the, the next generation of the NBA players coming through. And I think that the the win for the NBA this season is seeing one of the teams with these next these upcoming generation players take the ship. And I think that if the Clippers win, that's fine. We'll be cool with it. It'll kind of it'll kind of uh, the some, Phoenix wins uh, or the Bucks win. I'm sorry if, if, uh, if the Clippers win. Oh, if they come back and I'm win. Counter okay. counter here. If they come back and win, like that will kind of re-cement the old guard is still having dominance here. Mm-hmm. But I think if you get the breakthrough of the Suns, think if you get the yeah. breakthrough of uh, Giannis, think if you get the breakthrough of, dare I say it, Atlanta, you know, I think you're going to see kind of, okay, now we can really start ushering in this next generation of guys. And I think if PG3 and the Clippers win, Kawhi as well, if he's getting back on the court, I think that that, that is knocked down a year because those teams then grab the attention. They're going to grab the free agent talent. They're going to grab the maybe not drafting talent, but who they can mm-hmm. from kind of the free agency. Is a, I, I, I'll keep it there. I think it's PG-13. <clears throat> You're getting RG-3 and PG-3. I just said PG. Yeah, I know. But I think it's PG-13. 
because his number's 13. Right, right. You were getting RG3 and PG. When I don't know, I just drop off the number. That's why I stopped at PG. Playoff P, polyester P, you name it. Well, it's, you don't need to remember it's it. It's definitely in, not. Until he wins a championship, it's not you not don't need to Robert remember Robert Griffin III, who couldn't do a crossover on the court without blowing out a knee. All in. Remember that commercial? All he's all He's all he's in. He's all in. Um, By the okay. way, quick shout out. Um, I'm going to take a detour for a second. Yeah. We'll come back to the NBA. Washington football team right. has decided they don't yet have a new name, yeah, but no. they've hired a new co-CEO Yeah, in, is it the owner's wife? Yeah. Tanya? Who knows? Okay. Hey, good, good for her. Good Breaking for her. Ceilings. It seems a little Washington football-y. Seems a little Where woke. they're like, oh yeah, we'll give the woman a job if she's banging me. <laughs> It's the owner's wife, dude. Come yeah, on. but it's like, come on. Like, well, she's there was she, others out. You didn't have to talk, talk about what do you call that? Well, that's obviously not nepotism. But like when you give your wife the job because she's your wife. I think that's nepotism. Is it nepotism? It's close enough. I thought nepotism was father son. It's it's family. Oh, it is. Um, she married into it. Yeah, I, I don't have a word it's, for that it's one. It's incestual. I don't have a. <laughs> it's incestual. Clearly. Uh, sorry. Back to the NBA. Washington um, fucking football team. <laughs> Are you kidding? Is there enough for one more drink? There's there's enough for plenty more. Let me take care of that for you. Okay, and then I'll go off on a little DeAndre eight and love. Let it rip. Doing that. I hey, just want to hey, say, hey, you want a fresh lemon? Yeah, that'd be All good. Right, cool. We're making Americanas here on Sunday Punch Podcast. Recipe when I return. Yeah. So, uh, I just want to break down. I want to give DeAndre Ayton some love here. Um, we just went on a whole Luca thing, giving him praise, blah, blah, blah. You know what? I think DeAndre Ayton fits perfectly with the Suns, and I'm not hating the pick as much as I did eight months ago when you were watching Luka because DeAndre Ayton works hard. He's got a few – like, he's one of these guys where you could picture him now, and you couldn't say this six months ago. You could picture him now in five years – Having a nice turnaround, Jay, being able to hit a jumper, having good hands around the basket. He already hustles out of his mind. And, uh, you know, after the game, he gave mad props to Chris Paul. I think without Chris Paul, there is no DeAndre Ayton. And I actually think that it'd be hilarious if DeAndre Ayton just kind of followed Chris Paul wherever he went. (laughs) Um but I just think it works perfectly. I, I I could completely agree with you if you'd still say obviously you take Luca over Aiton, but you know, it's uh it's working out for him. And in the end, if the Phoenix Suns win the championship this year, I don't think there's anything you can say until Luca wins a championship. Because as much as I agree that Luka Doncic is a better player than DeAndre Ayton, I think fit-wise for the Phoenix Suns, DeAndre Ayton right now makes the most sense. And I'm going to give him a comp here that, if you know me, is a major compliment. I think DeAndre Ayton could have a similar career Stats-wise, I think he's going to win a championship this year to Patrick Ewing. And I love Patrick Ewing. 
I absolutely love Patrick Ewing. You watch Patrick Ewing at Georgetown. He was dominant rebound, but then he got to the NBA and with the Knicks, he developed a little bit of a jumper, nice hook, really expanded the game. And I think DeAndre Ayton is on the way. And uh, you know what? I bought his shoes when he got drafted, the Ayton ones. So I, I have a vested interest, but I love what DeAndre Ayton's doing and I'm proud of him. Uh, you know, seven months ago, you would have thought this guy's trash. But I think now he gets a max deal. So good for him, making money. So an Americano has one part Campari, <laughs> one part Vermouth Rosie. Quick segue. <laughs> a twist of lemon, which I also will rub on the ridge of the glass for Adam before right. I twist it. Okay. It's and becoming then, sexual and weird, and but I, I like it. And then I put a little floater of the very effervescent grapefruit sparkling water from Whole Foods on top. Gives a little bit of a sales in your mouth. I'm pretty sure Sean could make a girl wet by just explaining what's in an Americano. <laughs> could? Could or, or has. has many times. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, no, so I, I, I hear you. I, I don't know that I'm ready to commit to the the Ewing comparison just yet. Okay. I think, I think I, that... I might have gone too far. I, I think that what I'm seeing is more of a... Um, is more of a, oh, gosh, I don't really want to say, I, I don't want to say Ben Wallace, but. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, just trolling well, you. Okay. Well, you. Just know trolling what? you. Yeah, he's Ben Wallace in that he's going to also make the Hall of Fame one day. Just trolling. Do they, by the way, quick sidebar, do they just allow anyone into the Hall of Fame nowadays? I, I think that the Hall of Fame has become as much about stats as name recognition, promos, you know, all kind of th those other things that go on. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the the classes, I think we're getting a little like to everyone gets a blue ribbon sort of thing in the NBA. Thoughts? Yeah, I just think that like, if there's one thing that MLB does correct, it's their Hall of Fame. What's their system again? Nobody gets in <laughs> until you're like a legend. You have to be dead to get yeah. it. It's a posthumous honor. NBA, it's like, uh, oh, you're you're foreign, you get in. Like I was listening to a podcast today saying, Serge Ibaka is getting into the Hall of Fame. Serge Ibaka. Who said that? B uh, Bill Simmons. Really? Yeah. He said, oh, he's a foreign guy. They have a different set of rules. That How Gasol is getting in. Oh, man. Come Pau Gasol on. makes sense. Well, Pau, I'm... Serge Ibaka, when he said that, my head almost exploded. Pau is fine. I stutter sometimes. Um, <laughs> you, you can make it two kids out there who stutter. But, but, but to be honest, if Ben Wallace makes it in, I can't really argue with Serge Ibaka making it in. Oh, man. Ben Wallace didn't score more than 10 points in an entire season ever. And I feel like his 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 peak to trough, his like best of his career to his worst of his career was all of a season and a half, maybe, maybe a half season. I don't know that we had him more than like a year and a half up there and then quickly just kind of coming down. Well, he had he had a, a couple year run with the with the, the Pistons. Pistons. Fine, fine, fine. But like and then he got paid a shit ton of money. He was on the Bulls for a little bit. That's true. Yeah, he was on the Bulls. You can't score. Yeah, I, I, you need to score the ball I, unless you're Dennis Rodman. I I need to see the rubric on like who they're picking and why. And I feel like to to a point, there's almost this like if someone doesn't get into the Hall of Fame, there's this punditry that goes on on other sports podcasts and shows who are let's be honest, more watered down than right. yours and mine. 
And they're like, oh, how do we not include such and such? Or what about his name? And it's like, okay, so like he's been like he's been an analyst on your show. He's shown up to the All Star games right. a couple times. He's judged the dunk contest. Why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? They might as well put him. Once you let Ben Wallace in, you might as well put anyone in. To yeah. be honest, and I like Ben Wallace. It's not like I hate Ben Wallace. You guys don't have beef. I like, when he was on the Pistons, I loved him in his role. Right. He was a role player. Part of the team. Role players, to me, should not get into the Hall of Fame. I agree. You have to- the Detroit Pistons ring of honor, whatever you want to put him in. Yeah, right. Acknowledge him on a team basis. He's got his name on the banners. He's got, you know, all, all the accolades that he deserves from that. But the Hall of Fame is meant to be sort of this pantheon of yeah. Zeus-like characters that you find. And I, I don't know that I'm, someone will disagree with us on this, but I don't know that Ben Wallace, when you're really getting the funnel that narrow, mm-hmm. belongs in that pantheon. Well, let's relate this back. Hall of Fame to getting into the Olympics because – Kevin Love is on the Olympics team. Yeah. What, 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 why? Well, he's one of America's best, Adam. But, but <laughs> <laughs> False. Kevin Love, what? I, I, it boggles my mind. I don't even want to go into it that much because it's like, whatever. Jalen Rose's take was completely false, by the way. Jalen Rose said, oh, they had to put a white guy on the team. No, it's, it's one of his worst takes ever, actually. One of, the, one, is, one of his worst takes ever. But I'll tell you what I do agree with him with. He shouldn't be on the Olympic team. I agree. And there's was, plenty of other white players that you could have the token, you know, designation right. to, by the way. <laughs> right, right. I, I wonder how much of how much goes on behind the curtain that we don't see. And if they, they went to, like, you know, like, what is it? Like the, the white guys breakout session of the NBA PA. Yeah. And they're like, all right, guys, we got to put one of you on this team. Who wants to be in Tokyo? <laughs> and Kevin Love's like, oh, me. I <laughs> mean, then, I would have rather put, and this is going to be shocking. I would rather put Horner, the, the guy on the Hawks. Horner? Yeah. He, he's you the, kidding me? He, he's, the, <laughs> he's the six, seven guy who's like the perfect role player. Yeah, but he's he, in the playoffs. Devin Booker's going to be on the team. You're right. It's it's the 23rd or opening <laughs> yeah, series. He's going high, hyperbaric chamber. <laughs> he's going back in time after Game Seven of the NBA Finals. But like the 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 role. Look, he's a starter for Atlanta, but for the Olympic team, he would at least know I'm the role guy. Plus, Devin, and I'm the token. If if Jalen Rose wants to go with that, I'm the token white guy who knows I just take threes. Kevin Love's going to think like he's like one of the guys. It's like, you're not. You're not good anymore. That's the dangerous. I don't care what your paycheck says. Yeah, he'll come back with like a, let's be honest, like a gold or silver medal as long as Spain doesn't show up. And just just look at the world and be like, well, I was on the Olympic team. Right. You know, and that'll become a contract thing at such and such. Plus, like, we already have a white guy. Like, Booker's going. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Absolutely. (laughs) But... (laughs) Booker's yeah. gonna kill me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, okay. So wait, who's is Luca playing in the Olympics? Not not on our team, obviously. But where is he from? So, oh, isn't he from Serbia? Is he is he gonna be on that team? I, I think he's from because he could single handedly win a game. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a great point. Oh no, he's Slovenian. He's probably okay. on the Olympic team. I'll pull up the Slovenian Olympic. He's team. probably on there. Why is Trey Young not on our team? What? Trey Young's not on the USA Olympic. He must have turned it down. He probably did. Probably Which did. is weird because he doesn't strike me as a guy who turns down anything. 
He's a yes guy. No, you think like he'd be like, oh, Olympics? Yeah, I'm going to show those motherfuckers what's up. <laughs> right. What? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. He, you know why he couldn't play? He caused like a global issue. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> be like, they'd be up by 50 and they'd be like, Trey Young is arguing with a Swede. We'd be like at war with Zambia <laughs> at the end of that. Be like, he didn't mean it. He's yeah. just, he's from the ATL. Yeah. He's playing in the ATL. Right. He like, the entire country Let it is go. now declaring war against us because okay. Trey Young did the ice tray move. Uh, okay, so current current roster. This is for Slovenia. Luka Rupnik, born 93. <laughs> Dude, solid boy. <laughs> Alexej Nikolic, born 95. Right, right. Klemen right. Prepilic, okay, born 92. Okay. Wait, <laughs> number 77, Six foot seven, Luka, Luka Doncic. Yep, Don't he'll be there. Ch- he'll be there. Born 99. We're getting old. I could ride a bike by then. We're getting old. Crazy. Let's see if he's so he's starting point guard. Yeah, and then Luca Rupnik is third in the depth (laughs) chart. Rupnik, (laughs) Rumpelstiltskin is third on the depth chart for that one. Sorry, Slovenia, it's not happening. Okay, well, I don't, I don't want to really switch it to football because we're we're coming up on that hour mark. But I do want to just say one more NBA thing, and then we'll react to uh, All Eyes on Me by Bo Burnham. I'm not to belabor the Ben Simmons thing, but it, it it did just pop up again. Damian Lillard is uh, reportedly, you know, we could have we could have seen the this yep, in the tea leaves. Um, Damian Lillard has is unhappy in Portland. He's put he put out like a through a reporter a press release, and it, it, whenever the language is kind of like. You know, he's always stayed here because he loves the fans. It's like, oh, God, PR Central. Pandering, pandering. Yeah, it's like it's like Damien obviously told the reporter, hey, make sure you put something in about the fans for me. Yes. Right? Yes. So then it's like, oh, fuck. So, dude, I'm telling you, this is what makes sense. Get Ben Simmons out of Philadelphia, pair him with some picks, which they have a load They'll of. They'll have to. And get Damian Lillard and try and win a, a championship in Philly. Damian Lillard is built for that Philly crowd. It gives Ben Simmons a restart chance. It works out for everyone. And I don't understand why, you know, why why are we pretending like that's not going to happen? Because that should happen. And I want it to happen because I'd love to see Damian and Joel Embiid, who's one of my favorite players. I, I think think of all the permutations that you could have here with the the Ben Simmons trade. I think that is the one where, to your point, maybe maybe there's not as much like difference between the, the biggest take and the biggest loss. Yeah. But it's where everybody who ends up with their new sort of cast of characters is is best well off and those characters are best well off. And I think that 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 Dame in Philadelphia, I love what you just said there. He's built for that fan base. He's yeah. built for that crowd. He electrifies people that he plays with and for. I think that if he's putting out a press release saying things like it's about the fans and I've stayed here for the fans, that transition where he's going somewhere where he can engage a fan base with that being a high priority for him really just gives him immediate clout, immediate buy-in amongst the bench, the ownership, the leadership of the team, and the city itself. So welcome to Philly, Dame. Just to switch it up so I'm not repeating the same takes every show, there is another scenario where the New York Knicks throw in R.J. Barrett and a shit ton of picks as well. The problem is there, it's like, unless Dame says, I'm not, I don't know, if he's got a trade clause or I should have done my research, but 
unless James just says, I want to go to New York and Portland does him a solid and says, okay, we'll take RJ Barrett, a bunch of picks and, and send you to New York. That that's the only other one that kind of makes sense to me. Oh man. Do the Knicks do it? <sighs> that's tough. Why not? That's tough. I, I think it depends on what, what they see in RJ. If, if they yeah. see him becoming a Dame in two years, no way they would say, why not develop but, him? But unless you think like, Oh, RJ could become a really solid piece and we think we can take our picks and get another guy and build around Julius and RJ and that's fair and really make a run at a, at a true championship here. I don't know. I think you're closer if you have Dame on your team and Julius. I mean, I, I don't know who they would trade, so, you know, it's kind of hard, but... If I'm Dame, I'd rather Philly, but I guess I don't. Does market matter anymore in the NBA? Like, why is New York like everyone's like, oh, New York, the market in New York? What market? We have the internet now. I don't think so. I, I think that the market used to be very important for the, the local TV rights and, and such, and now it doesn't matter. We can all yeah. pirate what we want, or we can all stream what we want. Hulu has live sports. Yeah, we can get whatever the hell we want wherever we want. So I, I think this is much more diluted. Mm -hmm. uh, than it used to be. But I think that the overall cap on what those markets are across these cities is still super valuable. And I, 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 someone who I think is making a market decision today based on those kinds of things is not, they're skating to where the puck was and not where it's going. Or in this case, running to where the past was rather than where it's going. Anyways. Absolutely. Let's react. Absolutely. So uh, what do we got here? All okay. eyes on me. We, so, we've, been, we've been hitting the Bo Burnham train. It's been hitting me deep, look, by the way. I've spread this the last song, Welcome to the Internet, to like 10 other people who are all like, holy shit. Look, we, we did the Bo Burnham, Welcome to the Internet. People liked it. They said, do all eyes on me. I'm going to do all eyes on me to appease the people in the comments section. That's what we're, what we're so. here for. Give me a second to flip over some screens okay. here. While, while he's pulling up, All Eyes on Me by Bo Burnham. We do have a donate button in the description and in the comment section. If you want to buy us a drink, we would very much appreciate it. Oh, love that. And there's a comment box in the donate section. So if you want a song played, just put it in the comment box. And if we like it, we'll play it. And we'll give you a shout out. So this is a song called All Eyes on Me by Bo Burnham from his special Inside. Usual rule supply, dirty mic to start the track, clean mic to cut it. You want to do the honors? Clean mic, sir. To dirty mic. <laughs> <laughs> Get your fucking hands up, get on out of your seats, all eyes on me, all eyes on me. Are you feeling nervous? Are you having fun? It's almost over, it's just begun. Don't overthink this, look in my eye, don't be scared, don't be shy, come on in, the water's fine. Powerful first scene. Powerful dude. opening. I love. I love the blue light on him too. Yeah. Any interpretations from the uh, beginning? You want me to pull up the lyrics? Pull them up. What, 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 what I'm hearing a lot, a lot of is sort of this, uh, this polar opposites. Like, 
he's worried it's going to be fine paired with like, look at me, it's going to be okay. He's, he's setting up like these dichotomies, which I think are going to play into the rest. I, have, I haven't watched this before. They're going to play into the rest of his song and the message. All eyes he on said, me. get on out of your seats. All eyes on me. All eyes on me. Are you feeling nervous? Are you having fun? It's almost over. It's just begun. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, it's like what someone tells themselves when they're is, performing. I, I know this was because I watched the whole special, so I have obviously seen this song. And it had a different feel for me in the beginning where, you know, this was shot during the pandemic. So I thought like, oh, that's what he's talking about. But I, it hit me hard and I like actually kind of got emotional when I was watching the, yeah. the special. Yeah. I take it as a performer. And this is perfect that it happened during the pandemic because this is like a performer and the darkness of the beat is like, you know, he, the performer wants all eyes on me, you know, all eyes on him because it, they crave the attention, but you can feel it in the tone that they're kind of depressed that they need that attention. It, it's, it's an acknowledgement of what they require, but an unhappiness that it is a requirement. Yeah. Dirty, Dirty Mike. Mike. So at this point, I'm getting much more of the vibes that, that you were putting out before. So it's almost like this, do this for me. Are they doing it? Yeah. I need to see it for me. Okay, I can keep going. They're into it like I hope they would be. Okay, yeah. I can move forward. Right. It's almost like you're looking for that continuous feedback. And you've done stand-up before. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's got to be just so hard to need the, the kind of immediate feedback on what you're doing to keep pushing through, but also knowing there is no other option. Yeah. You have to keep going. Yeah. And he also, I love this line. We're going to go where everybody knows, knows everybody. everybody knows. And I took that as like, oh, as a as a guy who has some darkness in him. Darkness. It's like, oh, yeah, the pandemic's ending. But uh, so now we get to go where everybody knows everybody knows. It's like the same shit all over and again. So it's like, oh, we just got through this to then. Now I get to go back to this world where it's all kind of dull anyway. It's all, so, it's all tracked. Right. It's all That's been- what I'm getting from it. You know, I'm, maybe it's just about the pandemic. I, I was like being like majorly affected by this while watching it. And so when he like sang that part, I was like, oh, that's my interpretation was, oh, we get to go back to everybody knows everybody, everybody knows. Ooh, nice take. Yeah. Nice take. So Dirty that's Mike. what I got. Dirty it. Mike. You want to hear a funny story? So uh, five years ago, I quit performing live comedy. 
can't I get that correct? <laughs> I've only been doing this for six months. Um, that was great. Um, I didn't know this before going into the special that he actually had given up comedy uh, for five years because of anxiety attacks, which is crazy to me because, I mean, he's so creative, so funny all the time. So like for him to have anxiety attacks still means that like, it's not really something that you can conquer you know, you would think, oh, I'm really good at this, or, you know, go repetition, over, you know, repeti repetition, I'm really good at it. But for some people, it's just, you're always going to have anxiety attacks. So to be honest, maybe this was a good thing. <laughs> you know, I let's turn, you know, glass half full here, that the, panda that the pandemic happened so that Bo Burnham could then create this art, which might propel him, you know, into being like, wow, I am like, pretty creative i got fantastic reviews and now i can get back out there i hope i hope too what, what i'm hearing is somebody who has found a role in this world and a level of intelligence and performance that is reinforced and empowered by extroversion but intrinsically whose inspiration comes from introversion right and i worry that the for him that the the anxiety here is a is a, a tug of war between where he's professionally successful and where he finds enjoyment, re-energization, where he can kind of reset. And that's more introversion, but he's acknowledged for, reimbursed for, and rewarded by society for extroversion and performance. And that's where he's saying, like, I, I, I couldn't perform anymore. Yeah. Finally, I was overridden by this. That was a great take. Just so we're not too pretentious. For some reason. No, no. Just so we're not too pretentious. I think this is a good song, too. Like, you just start off, like, couldn't you, if you, if you eliminate that middle part and just play this? Like, oh. you'd be like, I'm willing to body. I'd be flowing to this. Hold eyes on me. Hold and it's got, like, a trap feel. So you're like, yeah. get your fucking hand up. <laughs> we like, got to get to baby on this. <laughs> we get to baby on this track pronto. You ready for the dirty? Dirty. Birds we've living far It's almost over It's just begun Don't overthink this Look in my eye Don't be scared, don't be shy Come on in, the water's fine You say the ocean's rising Like I give a shit You say the whole world's ending But it already did You're not gonna slow And who knows you try Got it 
question. I have a question. So, dude, solid. I mean, that's where it really gets into it. And that's where I was like, dude, this song could just be a hit. It's a builder. Like, it doesn't need to be in a comedy special. Like, this could be on the radio. And you'd be like, dude, imagine, um, like, Khalid doing this song. Right, exactly, exactly. So, yes. Right? Imagine Khalid doing this. That's a great point. But I love this line. Um, Did you say the ocean's rising like I give a shit? You say the whole world's ending, honey, it already did. <laughs> You're not going to slow it. Heaven knows you tried. Got it. Good. Now get inside. I was like, Got Damn, it. Good. Now get inside, that's which is solid. Special. Yeah. Did, did he, so I, I haven't watched the whole thing yet. Did he, we've now seen two tracks from this sort of like, it looks like an in-home studio sort of thing. Yeah, that, it's like one room. It looks like a guest house yeah. that he has Very that cool. he was just doing it in the Very time. cool. Very yeah. cool. Those are great lyrics. All right. Yeah. Uh, Dirty Mike? Dirty Mike? <laughs> Is that that's probably the end too? Yeah, two Play seconds. it out, play it out. Yeah, dude. Wow, love the. By the way, that should be implemented more on music videos. Just grabbing the camera, like it was like he was just like vibing with himself, you know, with the camera going around, and then it had like kind of like a Joker feel to it. Had a especially Joker with feel. the laugh, but I, even before the laugh, just like. This is my life. This is the jumbled mind. Like this is like how I see things. It's a it's a different level of see me mm-hmm. in a stationary camera. It's grabbing this. Look at yeah, me. That's see me. That's a great take. Like I I need all eyes on me to the point that I'm willing to fucking go and I take need it. You and need look it at on me it. in the eye. Right as we film a podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hello. Because it, it's almost... Go grab that camera, man. Go grab... I need him on me, bro. Because when, when he's dancing and he'll like he'll like look away and look back, there are moments where he's not seeing right. you're seeing him. And he brings the lens in. Great choreography, too. Because well, I didn't notice this, but at a certain point, like there are certain points where he would cover the light and let the light come Oh, I back. missed that completely. So I don't know what that meant, but you could tell it was choreographed for certain parts of the song. I, I don't know Bo like this. <sighs> But I feel like when he does things like that, there's 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 meaning, there's signal, yeah. there's something. If I know Bo, and I think I do. <laughs> I, I like to think. Yeah, that I do. there's meaning to every second. <laughs> hey, uh, before we go out, by yeah. the way, how to watch that special? Um, one thing I want to hit you with that we decided on a Gator game this year. Gator game. Um, yeah, I thought we were, let's go. Let's go to Tennessee because uh-huh. the team. We'll break down the team on another episode. Okay. But, a little preview for the folks. Yeah. The Gators versus the Tennessee Volunteers. Great name. Um, I forget September something earlier, but yeah, let's go to that one because that's when all of Dirty Mike's friends. Oh, yeah. So we can get a big tailgate going. I love that. 
And uh, also, it's not the Alabama game where I think we're going to get crushed. So I think I think Tennessee is constantly terrible. So (laughs) we can beat them still. Go Gators. Go Gators. Uh, Going out on. I have nothing. I got no song. We'll pick something. I don't know where my yeah. I don't know where we'll my hit you phone is. New. We'll hit you something with something nice. Something nice and new. Actually, let's go. You know what? Announcement for my mental health, and I also like doing it. I am going to release a rap album on Halloween. Hey now, called Happy Thoughts. I'm thinking seven songs. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I'm thinking seven yes, songs. Finally. There'll be a couple music videos in there. Uh, I'm coming out of retirement. Five years in retirement, kind of like Bo. Since Babylon? Since Babylon. Wow. And uh, I'm going to make some more rap songs. I like doing it. I'm going to do it. And I think I'm pretty good at it. But b- before I let you go on that front, um, we've had some comments asking where our hook comes from right. on YouTube. Is now a good time to reveal it or you want to wait? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So that's under my first album from five years ago called Corporate Sellout. <laughs> When I thought I was retiring from for good and going into the corporate system, called corporate sellout. I believe there's eleven songs on that Whoa. one, and uh, best song though I would say is Babylon. So I use that for the intro and outro. And fuck it, we're gonna play that one on the outro here. I love it. So enjoy it. That's uh, that's me, Adam Spoh, on the ones and twos. A solid hour and five minutes lean and mean there we go thanks for doing this tonight sean have a good weekend everybody peace bye I was lost in Babylon where everything's wrong. No law, just raw. Bust up some guy's jaw just to take his drugs. He ain't got the unlucky straw. She got a 10 foot bamboo log. I stuck it in her pussy. Where my log now? Get down. Cops be shooting Johnny Law now. Coming from the wrong side of town. Best be scooting. I'm like Putin talking Vladimir. In the atmosphere, drinking beer. Now I'm cruising. Don't be stupid. Shining like a chandelier. While I'm fucking in the Belvedere. Drinking Belvedere. Fuzzy memory. Not clear. Drink the Everclear. Watch me disappear. I'm a magician. Premiering at auditions. Go train. I'm a fucking limited edition, gotta do my dishes Still gotta fit in the bitches, still praying for my fucking wishes God is a fucking madman on a mission I'm a bad man, so that's musician Now let's just jazz age living Old fashioned simple, pizzazz ain't missing Got the fat cats kissing, let's uh, bring the old age back Away grandpa from his nap, we bringing the old age back Jazz age living, old fashioned simple, pizzazz ain't missing Got the fat cats kissing, let's uh, bring the old age back Away grandpa from his nap, we bringing the Clapping and shoes that tippity tapping. We let it quickies just happen. I got committees of hippies and I got town like Jackson. I got titties in my lap and I'm slapping on my flat and I'm up. Bring your ass to the crowd. Watch it go down. Watch you scream out loud. No, not allowed to be black and proud. No, not allowed to be black and loud. Shit, I'm a white boy. Why should I talk about it? Should I be like the media and just shroud it? Are we overcrowded? Shouldn't you count it? Shouldn't we kill dumb people like Mounted? I'm a motherfucking genius. I'm a phoenix. Make a quick buck like Adidas. Egregious child labor. Deny it. Call you haters. How you sleep shit? Well, I'll cut you in on a piece, Just the jazz age living. Old fashioned zipping. Pizzazz ain't missing. Got the fat cats kissing. Let's uh, bring the old age back. Wake grandpa from his nap. We bringing the old age back. Jazz age living. Old fashioned zipping. Pizzazz ain't missing. Got the fat cats kissing. Bring the old age back. Wake.
Coming from his nap, we bringing the yo days back. Are we living for a purpose, living for a reason, living on the surface, living to the season. You and me versus what you are believing. I'm a fucking heathen, blue blood bleeding, fancy man curses. Just what I determined. Throw me in a circus so you can all see it. Complete it, complete me. I'm a fucking BG. I'm the fucking bee's knees. You could never be me. A minute in my head, you would all leave screaming. Spirit of the dead, never giving us our reason. Giving me head and she's drinking all my semen. A spoke slash God Garden of Eden. Jazz age living, old fashioned sipping. Pizzazz ain't missing. Got the fat cats kissing. Let's uh, bring the old age back. Grab her from his nap. We bringing the old age back. Jazz age living, old fashioned sipping. Pizzazz ain't missing. Got the fat cats kissing. Let's bring the old age back. Wait, grab her from his nap. We bringing the old age back. Bye. Wow.